listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning once again. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio. I'm Father Mike Malloy here with... Karen Gibis. Yes, my do co-host. I, do I get to come up with a name to describe, an adjective to describe myself next time? Yes. I'll think about it. All right, you do that. So... Indomitable is what I used it because it's very true. So it's good to have you all of you with us here. We're at Dunn Brothers Coffee, um, where it's gotten a little bit more active and busy as people come in and get their day started with a cup of coffee and visiting. I think a lot of people come here and and meet for various things, yeah. um, meetings, that kind of thing. So um, so we'll try to keep rolling along here. We are uh, uh, this segment. We're very happy to be joined by Tony and Richard Rangel. Um, thank you for being with us. Oh. We're very happy to be happy here. Happy to you. be here. Good to have you with us. So well, we've we've done a couple of these before. Mm-hmm. One thing, one thing, and another. So, just start off a little bit by telling us a little bit about yourselves and about your family. Uh, I guess I'll start first. Uh, Tony and I attend church at Blessed Sacrament, and in November this past year we celebrated our fiftieth wedding anniversary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can continue. We have four adult children, uh, 14 grandchildren, and two great-grandchildren. Wow. And uh, I am an, um, a portrait artist. Uh, my studio is in downtown Rapid City. And Richard is about to retire from 30... 40 years as almost, a general contractor. Almost, yeah, 40 years as a general contractor yeah. in Rapid City. The retirement City. has uh, spanned three years now. Yeah. That's good. Say. <laughs> Every time you're on, you're about to retire. We're yeah. wondering when that's going to happen. I know. <laughs> I think it's getting very close. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, it's good to, um, good to have you with us. And, uh, of course, I know all of your family and... They're yes. wonderful people. Um, your son's in the construction business yes. himself and doing some work for the diocese, which we're grateful for. Yes. So yes. And our daughter, Regina, is a chef at yeah. Terra Sancta Retreat yeah. Center. So, mm-hmm. anyway, um, good family life. So, um, I understand that you have been involved in something called Roosevelt Park Feed. Can you explain that to us? Yeah, we have. You know, when we were asked to come on the, the show and talk about uh, our experiences thought about what we would call what we're doing and we've come up with how a homeless man has helped us grow in our faith yes and you kind of think of it as the opposite yes helping the homeless but it really has been as we said uh, only briefly do we want to talk about the Roosevelt Park feed because we'd like to talk more about this individual. So let's start with the Roosevelt Park feed, though, so people listening yes. understand what it yes. is. Uh, it's a feed that has started uh, just kind of on a spontaneous effort by a young uh, Stevens High School student almost 20 years ago. It's uh, unstructured. Mm-hmm. There's no program there's no menu people just show up sunday mornings bringing food and word of mouth has gotten out to the homeless and the indigent and the needy and they show up and partake of the uh, of this food so there's no sitting everything is standing Um, we bring all of the ingredients we bring all of the Serving utensils, Water. eating utensils, drinks. Yeah, yep. yep. And you, and you, 
um, do you do this um, in a building or? No. It's, it's in the open. Roosevelt Park in Roosevelt the open. Roosevelt Park down by the um, pond that they have at the park. Okay. We've fed in the past at minus 35 yeah. wind chill. Yeah. Wow. Not thinking that anybody would show up. And they and do. And we would have 30 or 40 people in line. So there is a real need. Yes. Uh, and we've been very grateful to be able to do this for about uh, 12 to 13 years now. Wonderful. Yeah. So um, then tell us, um, maybe Tony, you can start um, this big event that happened at one of these meals um, and what that is, um, how that's impacted your life. Well, several uh, years we had weekly encounters with um, a, a man by the name of Edward and uh, he's um, a crippled man, uh, uh, has some disabilities. He'd show up in his wheelchair and go long distance to get there in his wheelchair. He didn't, he didn't ride the wheelchair. No. He, he used it as a, uh, a vehicle that he could carry things in. Yeah. Oh. So he was always just kind of wheeling this wheelchair down the middle of the street. And he yeah. was walking. He was walking. Yeah. yeah. he. Uh, Edward was thrown from a pickup when he was age 13 and uh, created nerve damage. Uh, and he didn't get much help on the reservation uh, medically. He lost the use of his right arm. It just hangs. His right arm just hangs. His right a leg he drags with, yeah. a, with a brace. He wears a brace. And he had severe tr head trauma, so he has difficulty expressing himself. Well, um, slurred vision, a little uh, slurred speech, speech. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. When And when we first saw Edward, we were slightly repulsed by the vision. Yeah. Uh, if I could describe a little bit, here is this individual pushing a wheelchair and uh, has a major deformity in, the, in a hernia uh, hydrocele, they call it, uh, larger than a football. And people would not want to go near him. Uh, it seemed like he was like another hunchback of Notre Dame yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh, and, and we had that kind of initial reaction ourselves but uh, what really took place was that after seeing Edward for a period of uh, maybe three or four years and helping him with things like a ride home when when the weather was really brutal we were received a phone call just about two years ago January of 2018 right that phone call said Edward is here at the feed. He's asked for you. We went, saw him. He was laying on the ground uh, in freezing and snow conditions. Really? Uh, he had a little ridiculous container with him. It was a clear plastic sack that held a uh, electric blanket. It was the old-fashioned electric blanket yeah. that was very little fabric but mostly wire where was he ever going to get heat from that yeah he was out in the middle of nowhere so we visited with each other and tony you can say 
And I just looked at my husband, eyeball to eyeballs, so to speak, <laughs> and I just said, let's help him. Let's get him a motel room for Pete's sakes. And so we, after the feed, gathered him up and took him out to a motel, and there he stayed for a couple of months until we found um, an efficiency apartment for him. Yeah. That... Uh that adventure to try to find a place for Edward to stay was a result of him being just released from jail. Yeah. He was uh, banished from the mission for uh, apparently his physical disfigurement was misconstrued as a sexual issue. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, charges were brought against him. Yeah. And he was uh, then placed in jail with uh, no other uh, options the jail released him and that's where we found him on Hmm. the street so when we went to get a motel the first request was yeah we understand you're paying for it but we need an ID of the individual (laughs) and that's when we realized no ID no ID no paperwork no nothing nothing and that started us on a six-week process of getting Edward an identity. But the motel... um, The second motel would take him on our word. On our word. Yeah, Yeah. they took him, thank God. Yeah. (laughs) So... You're uh, listening to Father um, or to, to uh, Tony and, and Richard Rangel are talking about an experience they had with a homeless person named Edward. Um, this is Real Presence Radio. I'm Father Mike Malloy here with Karen Gibas. So let's continue with our uh, discussion. So um, tell us a little bit more about then you, you ended up getting him identity. Yes. We did. We we wound up uh, the process of getting a non-driver's uh, South Dakota identification card was quite a thing because we pursued a birth certificate first based on where he said he was born and we managed to locate a birth certificate but we were rudely uh, made aware of the fact that birth certificates are not accepted as legal documents that you exist. Oh, really? Really? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, see, people don't Social know that. Social Security would not accept it to renew his card. Yeah. The... Uh, uh, so they said, go to the Internal Revenue Service. Maybe he had a work history somewhere. So we went to the federal building, and we were rejected from being able to come in because when you want to talk to anybody, you need to do it by phone first and then go physically, and then they will open the door and let you in. But you can't just walk in. So... We managed to piece that together. We got enough documentation that we could get his Social Security reestablished, an ID card reestablished under Medicare, and get a South Dakota ID card. That took about six weeks of daily uh, visits and attempts. And once we got all that, then we got him um, into the doctors at Susan for his condition. And eventually, in August, he had surgery it was to remove everything. Three and a half hour surgery on him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And during that time, then, we did get him a permanent place to live. And we got him cleaned up, haircut, 
new clothing, new coat, shoes. Um, uh, we had a uh, got into this what is a TLC cleaning service, and and they also uh, do his grocery shopping with his EBT card. But Tony brings over goodies to it once in a while. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so um, talk a little bit about <clears throat> about how this has given you a different appreciation and understanding of the corporate works of mercy. Um, you know, what does that mean to you now versus maybe what it did before? So, Well, for me, um, in doing this, it's it's serving Jesus. It's feeding Jesus. It's helping. It's it's um, it's all for Him. Okay. And um, the what it does for us is just um, <laughs> it's hard to explain, but it just creates more of a love inside of you. Or, or me. Yeah, inside yourself. Yeah, inside of myself. <clears throat> um, and I've seen just some little miracles, even down at the feet. Where just one little thing I want to interject. <clears throat> Sometimes there isn't quite enough servers down there for the people that show up, and miraculously, um, no, nobody has ever gone home hungry. Wow. Because miraculously, maybe somebody shows up a little late with a big pan of food, <laughs> or or one gal, she's gone out and said, "Okay, everybody, hold still, just stay here," and she goes out and buys about ten five dollar five dollar pizzas <laughs> and brings them back, and everybody's fed. It, it's just amazing how how it happens, and and the peacefulness of the people while they're there. There's very few fights or very few people that show up drunk. Very, very few. Because they respect the fact that we're there and somebody cares. You know, somebody cares. Okay. And they're polite and they say God bless you when they go through the line and after they've taken their food. And you know, and, and the churches have been wonderful about donating clothing, warm socks, hats, especially Blessed Sacrament I'm going to speak for, uh, because you would, wouldn't believe how below zero weather down there or something, the people go through the line with no socks on, no hats, no gloves, maybe just a thin sweatshirt, you know, and they're freezing. And, and it's... Um, I'm just so thankful for the donations that we can go around and ask who needs what and sleeping bags and, and backpacks. And uh, it, it's just been a blessing how God has provided. Okay. He wants us to do this. Mm -hmm. He wants more to do this. So, we, Richard, we didn't, we didn't really undertake this Edward situation with uh, the idea that we were fulfilling the corporal works of mercy. It just, it just fell. In, in afterthought, we go, geez, feeding <laughs> the hungry. That's what this is. Clothe the naked. Yeah. Visit the sick and imprisoned. Yeah. I, I spent time 
with Edward and his attorney and got the charges for that reason that he was incarcerated dropped because the doctor would write a letter from Suzanne saying these were impossible things for Edward because of his physical condition so the charges were dropped uh, burying the dead well in that sense we're burying the dead of Edward's past yeah and we're offering a new life a new life and a new future he's he's going to in April start his third year of living independently and uh, he's calm he's uh, we we have him uh, attend church with oh us yeah periodically. we take him to all the uh, to Christmas uh, Easter and we have him over for dinner off and on he's met Bishop Groose he's had dinner with Bishop Groose at our house and Bishop uh, Hannafeld from Grand from Island Grand Island yeah so and I want to inject here that there's another lady also that it that has helped Edward. Her name is Sharon Legrand. Uh, she's a nurse here at uh, Regional Hospital in Rapid City. Very helpful. Very helpful lady and yeah. has cared for him also. Hmm. So the three of us, between the three of us, we've, we, he's, he knows he's loved now and cared for. That's beautiful. In about uh, three or four months, I moved to the position of president of the board of catholic social mm-hmm. services and this uh, involvement with edward has really given me a lot of motivation a lot of insight into how we need to be approaching uh, helping people and it's uh, something nobody should fear these are people just mm-hmm. like us and they went through some hurt, hurtful situations. I mean, Eddie's dad used to beat him, beat him, you know, mm-hmm. and and hurtful situations, and and it, you know, all of that causes things to happen. And what <clears throat> what they need is somebody to care and love and help them. And and when we see their ragged clothing, we run, people run because. Oh my gosh, he looks awful and he smells and whatever. That's not the attitude to have. Mm-hmm. I remember when Pope Francis, in one of his earlier addresses after becoming Pope, said, if you're going to be a shepherd, you should be willing to get the smell of sheep on you. Yeah, yeah right. I, I, I love that one. Because <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. yep. that's exactly what it yep. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And so does does he now have a source of income? Um, he does. Or did, he did yeah. have... He has uh, SSDI, social, uh, supplemental income for disability, uh, voucher situation with Huntington Housing. Um, we have gotten him into vocational rehab to get some training to see what... Even with disabilities, how much he can perform. Mm-hmm. He's had a small small job at Goodwill. Huh? Uh, so yeah, we're we're uh, lifting up Edward as well as we can. But at the same time, as we started this conversation, at the same time we started the conversation, we said what the homeless man has done for oh, us. He's, yeah. he's done tremendous things for us oh, as, yeah. a, as a couple. As a couple. Talk about that just a little bit so that people understand what you're talking about. Yeah, well, the the, the fact that 
we need to go outside of ourselves and grow, grow in our faith, grow in our action. Action. And we get to look at each other as a couple. Uh, we went to marriage, the married sweethearts dinner dance Saturday night. Yeah, it was awesome. And we're very encouraged by Salt of the Earth, uh, the homily that was given by Father Mark. And it just reflects that we have been able to grow together greater, stronger, because we're reaching out to help others. So the, the, the feedback is well worth the effort. It strikes me that, you know, what you just talked about is that, you know, marriage isn't designed for you to gaze at each other. It's designed for you to gaze together toward others. Right. And, together. And that that makes a huge difference. It's in the term. togetherness. Yes. Yeah. And the family pitches in. Oh, uh, yeah. Everybody helps out. Uh, some will come to help serve. Uh, I have a brother who loves to hunt. But he can't do anything. He can't consume all of the deer. That uh, he, yeah. he's archery, uh, muzzleloader, rifle, <laughs> uh, all those sorts of things. So we go in and process it, and he delivers it to us. And that's part of the ingredients that we use for preparing the food on the weekends. Yeah. yeah. And he lives out of town. Yeah. Middle part of the state. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> So, so, so in other words, when you reach out, then others, in, you inspire other people to reach out too. When they see what you do, they want to join in and be a part of that. Yes. So. Yes. Um, well, this is uh, this has been most interesting and wonderful to visit with, and uh, um, it's an inspiration to other people to say, you know, as you said so well, Tony, don't be afraid. No, no. Step out. No, no, they are no. They are no one to be afraid of. Yeah. Because there's been others down there. I mean, the, you can tell that maybe they're a little bit hungover from the night before and all that. But when you show them that kindness, they're all over the place at, at the you know at the table when they're picking up their food. God bless you. God bless you. And we're so thankful and whatever you know. And uh, so it's. But it's it's just um, you can see in their eyes. I always look at the eyes. <laughs> you can see it in their eyes that that the the hope that you're giving them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You and, know, and that somebody treats them with dignity. Yeah, and a lot of them are Native American, and mm-hmm. they don't think white people think anything of them. You yeah. know, so this is an encouragement. And I mean. I, I grew up not caring what color skin, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, my mom really taught me that. And, and I just look at the, in the eyes and I look at the heart, mm-hmm. period. And if you do that, um, all this prejudice stuff. Well, that's that, where you should see Jesus, right? What, exactly. Yes. You bet. Exactly. Any final thoughts before we got to do the, move to the next thing? Any final Let's thoughts? See, did we miss anything? Well, we would. We would encourage others to, uh, in their own atmosphere, in their <coughs> own surrounding, to try to consider reaching out more. Yes. Okay. Uh, in this world, we extending we themselves need more to love, following 
Pope Francis's admonition to get the smell of sheep on you mm-hmm. okay. if you're going to be a shepherd. So <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Richard and Tony, we thank you for being here and sharing with us a wonderful and inspiring story. That's fantastic. We um, appreciate that. Coming up next, we're going to take a few moments to pray for the intentions that people bring to us in the prayer for your segment. And later on, um, do you feel enslaved by food? Um, we just talked about a man who didn't have enough. Sometimes we have too much. Um, it is a real addiction, and we'll um, be, be visiting with a man who can offer us a solution to that problem. We're broadcasting this morning from Dunn Brothers Coffee in Rapid City, South Dakota. I'm Father Mike Malloy, along with Karen Gibas. Real Presence Radio will be back in just a moment. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. In today's crowded higher education field, there's one university whose quality and personal care stands out from the crowd, the University of Mary. The University of Mary offers truly affordable, flexible adult education because your success is our priority. Here, you matter, and we're with you every step of the way to make sure you succeed. Choose a university community that cares about you as a student for life. Discover us at online.umary.edu slash discovermary. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. Real Presence Radio will be broadcasting the ordination and installation of Bishop-elect Donald DeGrood. We will have a live feed from the Cathedral of St. Joseph in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, February 13th, starting at 2 p.m. Central. The ordination will be broadcast network-wide on our website and our app. Please join us in praying for the new shepherd of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, Bishop-elect Donald DeGrood. Tune in February 13th, 2 p.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Almost every day we receive prayer requests, asking for prayers for those closest to us. We hold these prayers and other needs close in prayer at Real Presence Radio. We're going to share a few of these prayer requests now, 
And we invite all of you who are listening to take a moment to join in prayer specifically for these intentions. Our intentions today, um, first of all, are for, for Bob um, uh, to have successful eye surgery. We have an intention to please pray for someone who's um, spends her time hacking into other people's phones and emails. Uh, obviously, pray that that would be she would find a way to uh, uh, turn away from that behavior. Um, we we were please pray for a, a friend with a messy divorce and a son who's in trouble. And then we want to pray in our regional area. We want to pray especially for Bishop Donald DeGrood who is being uh, ordained a bishop coming up in this uh, this week. And also pray for the bishop uh, that God has chosen for both the Rapid City Diocese and for the Duluth Diocese, both of whom are anticipating um, uh, having new bishops appointed for them. So let us pray. Lord, we turn to you as we always do with great confidence and hope in your presence and the power of your love in our lives. We lift up to you those who are in need because you have told us that when there is need, if we, resp- if we turn to you in faith and trust in the gift of your love for us, that those needs will be met. And so we ask you to um, bring success to the eye surgery that Bob will be having, uh, restore him to full vision and um, the, the blessedness of being able to see the beauty of your creation and all um, that is around him. We pray, Lord, for people who struggle with um, behaviors that are harmful to them and possibly harmful to others. Specifically, we pray for someone who is spending their time hacking other people, um, their phones and their emails, or that they would see their way clear to, to, to cease um, intruding themselves into other people's lives in that hurtful and painful way, and they would seek to... Um, to find more productive and and healthy things to do in their lives. Um, We pray for a person who's experiencing a messy divorce in their lives. We all know the pain and separation that can happen with divorce. We pray for all those who struggle with divorce. Um, We also pray um, for this same person whose son is in trouble. Uh, A lot of times divorce can bring about pain and hurt for family members too. And so we pray for all those who are affected by by divorce. And Lord, we pray for, especially with great joy and gladness in our hearts, for the Bishop-elect of the Sioux Falls Diocese, Donald DeGrood. Um, We're grateful for um, his presence and the ministry that he will begin in the Sioux Falls Diocese. We thank you for all the ways that you have led led him and guided him in his priestly vocation. Uh, We pray for his um, his parish family back in Minnesota who are mourning his loss. We, Lord, we ask you to bless him in his ministry and as he moves forward. We also pray, Lord, that you would bless us with a bishop in the Rapid City Diocese and in the Duluth Diocese. Um, Lord, you know what is what we need, what is good for us. You have given us wonderful bishops in the past, and we encourage you to. Con- we we ask you to continue to give us the courage to hope and believe in the men that you have chosen to be the bishops of Rapid City and Duluth. Lord, we ask these prayers of you as we began because we trust in your goodness, your mercy, and love. We thank you and ask you to hear us as we pray in the name of your Son and the power of your Spirit, one God living and reigning forever and ever. Amen. We thank you for taking the time um, to pray with us um, for uh, all these intentions from our Real Presence Radio family. 
If you have specific intentions you would like to pray for, we please ask you to visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, to submit it under prayer requests at the top of the page. You can also submit an intention on our apps. Simply click on prayer requests on the main screen. Coming up next, we will hear how our community has um, come together to help men move um, from homelessness to hope. And that's a wonderful thing. That will be a continuation of the story we just heard. Uh, this is Father Mike Malloy and uh, Karen Gibis uh, coming to you live from Dunn Brothers Coffee in Rapid City. We'll be back in just a few moments, trusting God's goodness and mercy and love.